Hello and welcome to season two of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. As uh, as I was in season one, still joined <laughs> by my friend Ski. Hello, hello. And Brent. Present. And I am Alan. And uh, we're going to begin the process now of recapping the second season of the Golden Girls. Uh, jumping right into uh, episode one, end of the end of the curse. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Smooth. Yeah, I, it looks like I really got things down here. <laughs> I always <laughs> just made up my own title. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like episode one, a touch of mink. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, you know, we could always come up with alternate titles for them. <laughs> Some of them, like the last one of uh, like the end of season one, certainly needs no uh, re. Yeah, yeah. Uh, renaming but there are certainly some that could mm-hmm. do with a little punching up um, exactly. that's <laughs> no lady <laughs> right exactly. i was just thinking that's, that's the most appropriate title for this yeah. one yeah. Or the, the, the. Yeah, that would definitely have been a more appropriate one than the end of i mean i guess we eventually get around to what the curse is or where yeah. that name comes from but yeah. uh, i thought yeah once it explained what it was i thought it was pretty appropriate but. yeah yeah. yeah, but that's an old lady would have been a perfect, uh, uh-huh. perfect title for this. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to save that joke for the end. Oh, okay. All right. So Wise stay, choice. Stay tuned. Um, yeah, a little gem for later. Right, exactly. End of season seven. So End of season seven? Wow. Pack a snack. <laughs> Way later. <laughs> So you mark your calendars. We're going to try to keep these weekly. So if you come back in, you know, three years, then uh, three, three and a half years, then, you know, you should be able to hear the punchline to whatever made Brent chuckle today. People are like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, completely out of context. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anyways, well, I will go ahead and turn it over to Ski uh, to start our recap. All right. As you said, this is episode one of season two, End of the Curse. Originally air date was, original air date rather, was September 27th, 1986. Uh, this one was written by Susan Harris Yay. and directed by Terry Hughes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but on the credits it actually said Susan Harris Witt. Hmm. Did you notice that? She no. got married? I don't know because everything I looked at online mm-hmm. just said Susan Harris. Mm-hmm. And previously it said created by Susan Harris. Yeah. So if she had changed her name, I thought it would be changed elsewhere as well. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, Maybe she subsequently lost the wit. I don't know. Or it could have been a typo, I thought. Because <laughs> like, like, there is a wit involved. With, there's... So you think they're typing the titles fresh every week? Maybe. <laughs> they, have to change, they have to change written and, and stuff every week. Oh, okay. that's true. That's true. <laughs> well, and this was second season, yeah. so perhaps they would have done a little. It'll be interesting to see if uh, episode two of season two... Um, gotcha. Ends up having the same. Yeah, uh, but it's like it, Thomas Witt maybe or something yeah, is, yeah, is involved yeah. in the creation of it as well. Yeah. So I thought, did they get married? Mm-hmm. And then I looked around, I was like, I tried to find information on that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. So mm-hmm. I didn't dig real deep, but mm-hmm. I thought it was an interesting extra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's a fun fact about uh, September 27th. Uh, that was, so it was 1986, correct? It mm-hmm. is. That would have been the 30th birthday of my dad. Oh, wow. That's mm-hmm. his birthday. Very cool. Yeah, I'm sure he celebrated by watching this episode. Yeah, I have no doubt. <laughs> so. He's just smiling and beaming. He's like, he did me proud. Yeah, he well, did me proud, guys. And that's my dad. He's a, <laughs> I mean, my dad's a nice enough guy. He's a good dad. I'll, I'll definitely say that. <laughs> Not exactly um, the smiliest <laughs> of, uh, of guys in general. I don't know him to get real emotional over mm-hmm. Golden Girls either. Well, you haven't seen him watch Golden Girls, you're, though. You're right. Yeah. I haven't. I can't. Sp- I'm speaking out of turn. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll try to sneak an episode on next time I'm hanging out with him, and we'll see if he tears <laughs> up. <laughs> I think it's also the um, the 12 day anniversary of my favorite album of 1986. I'm guessing the, the 12 day anniversary. No, no, the two best albums from 1986, neither of which came from Prince. Oh, okay. So, uh, what are they? Uh, Elvis Costello's King of America, mm. which came out in February of '86. And then Elvis Costello's Blood and Chocolate, which oh. came out September 15th of 86. Now, listen, I just want to say, though, the look you gave me when I suggested Prince <laughs> was as if you had never expressed an interest in Prince at all. <laughs> there was so much disgust in your eye. Like, what, are you crazy? <laughs> With all due respect to Prince as my idol, you know, my heart belongs to Elvis Costello. Well, that's fine, but this is the first mention of Elvis Costello, and we could cut together a whole podcast just from your Prince mentions. <laughs> Give my listeners what they want, not what I want. Oh, okay. So if next week, if we end up getting a follower called, uh, you know, I love Elvis Costello or something, you know, related mm-hmm. to that, well, yeah. then we get 
more Elvis Costello updates going forward. Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, anybody with a, like, something that's not like a hate monger type thing <laughs> it's my <laughs> idol. <laughs> Feel free to follow us, and I will, I will work your passions into our podcast. <laughs> That's dedication, folks. Now, what if their passions really conflict with your own beliefs? Like, what if it's something, you know, like... Uh, Road bombs. Or, or Nambla, you know. <laughs> as long as I don't find it morally objectionable. Oh, okay. So, I just thought you meant as long as the hate wasn't directed at us. But as long as it's no hate directed at Correct. anyone, then you're Correct. on board. As long as whatever their idol is is something that I feel positively impacts society as a whole, I'll work it in. Now, what if it's someone who... You're not a fan of, but you can uh, accept that they have a positive impact on society. I, I don't have an example offhand, but I know there's yeah. a lot of things that you're kind of, uh, you know. Indifferent towards? Right, exactly. Um, You'll still go ahead and give it the endorsement? Yeah, I'll give it the old college try. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll half-ass it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys have that to look forward to. So anybody who's thinking about following, definitely mm-hmm. do. And you're, yeah. uh, you may get something mentioned. And a yeah. comment will get you, yeah. you know. All kinds of uh, praise from Brent. Yeah. So. And no, and I, I don't want to be dismissive of Prince. I mean, I would definitely put him in like the top 15 of my favorites. Hmm. So. Okay. I don't know. I would think that if anybody had listened to this podcast up to this point, they would definitely <laughs> not have guessed that Prince would have only got a top 15 mention. Yeah. So. Those of you keeping track at home, um, like Elvis Costello, Guided by Voices, you know, Bob Dylan, uh, Bob Mould, Grateful Dead, Fish. Um, those are probably the top five. Hmm. Just because I don't include the Beatles in the top five, because I think that's just a waste of a top five spot. I think it should just be implied that everybody has the Beatles in their top five someplace. Oh, okay. <laughs> for a second, I thought that you were trying to do a too cool for the Beatles kind of a thing, which yeah. I was going to be shocked by, because I've always yeah. known you to be a Beatles fan. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, I'm glad that you just feel like they yeah. are, are implied automatically in any yeah. top, any just, legitimate top five. Just exactly. implicit, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So. It's like, you know, if we were pull the room it's like what are the top five nations on earth you know it's just sort of implied that you know you know canada made the cut (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a it's a challenging time yeah (laughs) no matter which side of the aisle you're on right now Uh, (laughs) so yeah i can understand um your your love of the our northern friends Mm -hmm. but Eligible for health benefits after six months. Oh, so wow. you have to be a citizen for six yeah. months to get health benefits? No. Um, after whatever their version of the whatever green card it is, oh, okay. um, then you are eligible for health benefits. But to be a citizen, I think it takes like five or six years. Oh, okay. okay. So do you think people, go, or at least in the past, have gone there like with cancer, hoping to get some free health care i think so and people like, definitely drive just... up to canada to get cheaper medications oh yeah i've definitely heard that before so yeah. uh, anyways i suppose i can start the, the the recap now if you want me to sorry i totally derailed us well no i will go ahead <laughs> brent brought up mentioned a name of uh, something that he recently suggested as i guess uh, a second podcast or a podcast after this podcast was mm-hmm. over of now, I'm not a fan of jam bands, so <laughs> Fish and Grateful Dead are not, you know, on my radar as far as things I'm wanting to listen to. Um, but he would like me to do a podcast with them of going through, what year was it? Uh, Fish's Summer of 2017 Tour. Okay, Fish's Summer of 2017 Tour, which he said would be enough for basically, what, 42 episodes, he thought? Uh, we would do 43 episodes. Oh, 43 yeah. episodes. Now, that's highly unlikely to happen. <laughs> but if you have any other ideas for a follow-up podcast to this one, uh, by all means, feel free to be the first person not related to us uh, to leave a comment. Yes. <laughs> and um, I guess it would be a follow-up in, like, you know, 2024. Right, like, yeah. So <laughs> We would not, like, record this one and then hang around for another hour to <laughs> talk about something else. No, no two weeks for you guys? <laughs> I think we'd have to really streamline this one to fit in a second. <laughs> you know, we'd have to go from basically a, an hour-ish per episode mm-hmm. to probably, like, 30 minutes-ish, and I just don't think that's what the fans want. So, And, and I think we're up to, I think last week I said 15, or I think that's what I've been on the last few weeks. I think we might be up to a solid 20 at this point of uh, consistent listeners so nice. really rocketing nice <laughs> so i appreciate all 20 of you mm-hmm. indeed and, and all those of you who are trying it out for the first time we appreciate you as well but a lot less than the people who've listened to 27 yeah. episodes <laughs> <laughs> i would say what 
four percent. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. 5%. That, yeah, that four percent is even slightly generous. Yeah, <laughs> one twentieth of the respect. <laughs> but it'll grow with every episode. Yes, yeah, so. exactly. And you can be just as revered as any of our other uh, twenty. Yeah. If you're exactly. number twenty-one, we'll love you just as much as number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Now go ahead with that recap scheme. All right. Uh, so we open the garage. We see uh, Dorothy and Rose are discussing uh, the Everglades uh, drying up mm. uh, while they're cleaning these wire cages. They're suddenly big environmentalists. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> thought it was all major. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were uh, seemed a little upset about that, and it's funny that they're upset about <laughs> with one what they're aspect doing. of the environment, yeah. but animal rights are not <laughs> yeah not opposed to. Yes, because yeah. we we quickly realize that the cages are for minks that they're wanting to raise. <laughs> Uh, the girls are planning to breed them for for their fur. Uh, Dorothy admits that she's kind of surprised that Rose was okay with that idea, since you know ultimately it means that the mates must be killed for that fur. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose does ask, "Do they have to be killed?" Mm-hmm. And uh, Sophia, who had just entered the garage while they were talking, uh, responds, "No, Rose. Many women like wearing coats that urinate." <laughs> yeah, that might have been my favorite line of the episode, and Sophia was on point this episode. Yeah, as far she made as, a lot of really good yeah, ones. Yeah, like every line of hers. Yeah. There was no like dramatic aspect of her, mm-hmm. um, which you know I like it fine when they have an episode where she gets a little bit of heart to heart with Dorothy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But this one, she had a, a good all number zingers. of lines. Yeah, and all all pretty solid hits. So and that one, I think, might have been my favorite. <laughs> that was my second favorite. Mm, okay, I had to, I had a bit of a, a struggle, but the one I'll tell you when I when we reach mm-hmm. the other one. Uh, and Rose explains that uh, she isn't entirely new to the idea uh, because, you know, having grown up on a farm, she tells them that farmers can still love their animals even though they ultimately have to kill them for food and that it's part of the cycle of life. That's how I feel about my kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this got into a really near, she said cycle of life, but in my head I heard circle of life. Uh, and then you and started I, doing the Lion King. <laughs> yeah. Raising a mink above his head. It was, I mean, they're owned yeah. by Disney, right? So. Right, yeah. It's pre-Disney, though, at this yeah, point. This or pre, not pre-Disney, pre-Lion King. Yeah, both, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you count uh, Kimba, the white lion, from which Lion King is, is directly stolen, oh, whether okay. they tell you that or not. Hmm. So are you uh, getting money from that organization no. to try to and, and <laughs> I, I love and... Disney more than you know most other things on the earth, but uh, I watched a little special. I'll, I'll send it to you sometime. But talks about Kimba the White Lion. Mm-hmm. The, the reason it was such a big deal is because, you know, Dis- Disney is, when Lion King came out. I'm sorry, is this a movie or a TV show or? A, I both. Or just I a lion that, that lived in Africa. That, yes. <laughs> and a really his brother. extraordinary story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was like a it was a Japanese uh, cartoon, oh, okay. and uh, Disney made such a big deal that it was their first original story, <laughs> and then. And then the, find the real out truth is <laughs> heavily lifted from. Yes, they borrowed quite a bit, <laughs> but uh, that's totally off the side anyway. Sorry, uh, but uh, so yeah, she explains that uh, farmers can love their animals even though they have to kill them later, is a cycle of life, mm-hmm. and that uh, good animals serve man, and then they go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy and Sophia don't seem to be very convinced of this theory, though. Mm-hmm. Is it really serving man just to be bred so you can be killed and made into a coat? <laughs> yeah, I think if that's the way it's serving man, it seems a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man's a, a cruel master. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but I don't know. If, I, if I'm serving somebody and I'm at least going to give them food so they can survive, then I'm, you know, yeah. I guess I kind of... Not that I'd be happy about it, but yeah. you know, if I knew that was my place, then I'd feel better about it than the guy over there who was mm-hmm. just being raised up so he could give them a fine, uh, exactly piece beautiful of coat. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Although fur traders back in the day, that was, but they weren't breeding them though; they was caught and trapped like badgers and stuff. Yeah. Well, and I think if you're talking about way back in the day, like those were <laughs> necessary furs for True, to, to survive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they weren't trying to trap the finest of animals so that the, you know, ladies of the village would be able to, you know. Good point. That's a that's a pretty solid uh, <laughs> backup there. Uh, so the conversation then quickly shows to Blanche who has apparently been uh, depressed and kind of secluded in her bedroom for a long time. Rose thinks that she'll uh, cheer up when the minks arrive. Mm-hmm. Again, Sophia seems skeptical. Yeah. Uh, Rose asks Dorothy if Stan ever bought her a mink coat. Uh, Sophia retorts, Stan wouldn't get a popcorn at the movies. 
Uh, Dorothy then says that she always wanted a mink coat to look elegant. And if, go ahead. You say something? Okay. I have a, another insert here, though. Oh, okay. And uh, we can come back to this. Uh, so, fun fact, Dorothy claims that she never had a mink coat, mm-hmm. right? Or she, just, she, she never directly claimed it, but she didn't retort or she didn't uh, say anything about it when uh, Sophia kind of said no. But when uh, they were burglarized, burglarized in season one, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the break-in episode, she says that a mink stole was stolen, and she specifically said that she got it from Stan. Now, fair enough, though, a stole, though, would be different than a coat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I believe a stole is more like a wrap type of a situation. Mm-hmm. It's so, like a scarf. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think you would still be able to claim you'd never had a mink coat. Well, but did she say coat? Or she, I think she said, I always wanted a mink. Oh, okay. Well, but I think she was referring to a coat because she was saying how it would make her look elegant. But mm-hmm. well, perhaps not. Yeah. I, I guess I'd have to go back to the episode to listen for that uh, word to find out if she was a liar or not. Well, I stole that fun fact from IMDb, so oh, okay. they thought it was good enough. <laughs> it was good enough for them. <laughs> That's their editorial board. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, she, she claims she never had a mink coat or, or stole whichever one. I'm not sure. Uh, Sophia you know, enters the garage doorway. Or, sorry. Justin Blanche enters the garage doorway. And uh, Dorothy, being happy to see her because she'd been locked in her room, assumes that she must be feeling better. So Blanche loudly scoffs at this idea and storms away, clear, still clearly upset. Uh, Dorothy and Rose follow her into the house and ultimately into the living room. They ask what's the, what's the matter and uh, ask, them to, ask her to tell them uh, because they can tell that she's been crying. A couple of things. Number one, I think this is definitely the first time we've seen inside the garage. Yeah, I don't I even know if I've ever seen the garage, period, as yeah. far as like in mm-hmm. the show. And it actually seemed a little sparse, considering how much crap we know that they have um, that they're holding over. I thought over. we decided that yeah. was in the spare bedroom. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, the spare bedroom, or I think you said maybe there's rent and storage units. Right. Um, <laughs> that garage definitely could have held a lot of their uh, a lot of their junk that they didn't. Well, sell. maybe they moved it all out, knowing that they'd need space for those minks. Oh, it could be. Um, now, can we also talk about the the lovely sweater that um, that Rose had on? <laughs> like that was the most classic, like old person 80s type and not old person like rose was old old person like 20 years older than what rose would be but it had a little house on it um Mm -hmm. i think it was like green and clouds or something yeah like clouds like just a nice little (laughs) scene Mm -hmm. there but with the house looked like it was drawn by children (laughs) 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 so yeah i just i don't know that was i think been my favorite piece of clothing that any of the uh characters have worn up to this good outfit piece huh Mm -hmm. yeah I would definitely buy that sweatshirt for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we could recreate it, Alan. Right. For my for my wife's, I think it was her Christmas, around the time she was 18 or 19, um, her parents, they were never the type who really asked what somebody would want for Christmas. I mean, they got things. I mean, she always got presents and all that. But she got a, a, a gold sweatsuit. And, <laughs> and and on the middle of it was like a picture, like a scene of houses or something like that in the middle. <laughs> I can just picture this on her anyway. That's yeah. hilarious. It totally looked like something that like one of her great aunts would have worn. <laughs> <laughs> and again, she was 18 or 19 at the time when she got this gift. But so yeah, a little bit of a, brought me a little bit of a memory of that as well. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, so Blanche at this point is ranting, how did this happen to me? Uh, while they're asking what's wrong. Uh, the girls insist that they want to help, and, but she needs to tell them what's wrong. Uh, Blanche finally calms down enough to utter, I'm pregnant. Uh, both Dorothy and Rose have an astonished look on their face. And then Rose, with a few seconds, kind of faints backwards onto the couch. Right. Uh, changing the focus for a moment, the girls rush over to help her. Uh, Dorothy uh, lightly slaps her face to wake her up. Uh, Sophia, not having heard any of this, uh, is walking through the uh, the room at the time, and she says, "Play nice, girls." That was my favorite line of the episode. Yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was another solid one. Uh, I didn't feel like it was that gentle of a slap, though. I mean, it felt like it <laughs> well, she would like like hauling back and slap. Well, her, but no, but I mean, I feel like you shake somebody a little. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was borderline anyway. <laughs> like if I was sitting there and somebody 
you know, touched my cheek or shook me a little, it probably wouldn't bother me. But if someone was repeatedly, pop, 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 pop. yeah, I'd probably get a little pissed off about it. <laughs> All right, well, maybe that's not the right adjective, but she was slapping her face not super hard. Oh, okay. We'll say it that way. So if you faint, I'm not supposed to lead with the donkey punch. Right, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give me a nice shake first and then work your way up <laughs> to punch me in the back of the head. Yes. <laughs> um, so Blanche tells... Tells her that Rose fainted and uh, to Sophia. And uh, now she's sitting up, but she looks uh, still pretty disoriented, admitting that she was just shocked by, you know, the news. Sophia, at this point, knowing her what's going on, demands to know what the news is, and Rose tells her. At this point, even Sophia, who I consider to be probably the most even-tempered of, of the group, she maybe gets a little fiery sometimes, but I think she takes news better than most. Mm. Uh, even then, she is taken aback by this and sits down... Uh, kind of looking uh, stunned. Uh, Dorothy asks if she is certain about being pregnant. Blanche pulls out a, a little vial with liquid in it, uh, like a purplish-gray liquid, explaining that... Uh, puce. Say what? Puce. Puce. Yeah, they even go into talking about that exp- explicitly. And uh, she just took a home pregnancy test, and I thought to myself, it's clearly no clear blue easy. Right. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, that definitely was a more complex uh, process mm-hmm. than, than what we have today. Yeah, <laughs> so. no pee on a stick. Well, not to mention, too, like, do you pee <clears throat> into that vial? Uh, I don't know. I, I would think it had to be, like, in a cup, and then you add it or something. But it was a very thin vial, so right, yeah. I hope they got, like, a funnel because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise you can have pee hand, you know? <laughs> no one wants that. Well, unless you do, then you really want it. So. <laughs> I can't argue with that. I guess there's out there. There's mm-hmm. people out there. Uh, she tells them that the liquid starts out red. Out there with your nervous laugh, I think they're in here. No. <laughs> it is not. Not, not me, at least. Sir. You don't protest too much. <laughs> she tells them that the liquid starts out red and is meant to turn uh, colors if you're not pregnant. But then clearly it was like a purplish grayish, so... Uh, it changed colors. The girls then get sidetracked. Uh, Rose starts saying that she once had drapes the same color. <laughs> and then uh, they kind of wander down this weird tangent. And Dorothy kind of stops them because <laughs> that's when they start talking about puce yeah. and stuff. Uh, Dorothy stops them and brings it back to the uh, topic at hand. And she just asks Blanche, Blanche point blank, who's the father? Mm. Uh, she pauses, not likely having considered this this factor yet, and admits that she doesn't know. <laughs> Uh, she kind of expounds on that, thinking back what, uh, that she is now nine weeks late uh, for her period. She pulls out an appointment book from her bedroom and goes on to explain that the time frame in question was a particularly active time for her. <laughs> I like the way they phrase that. Yeah, I'll tell you, for a woman who is uh, really, a, I don't know, uh, antsy about that giant pepperoni in last episode, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Five five partners in the course of you know what ten day <laughs> ten day yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. So. She was very active. Yeah, maybe she was slightly more modest uh, well, five I, years ago. And remember, there, wasn't there an episode a while back where she talks to the girls about having not been as uh, promiscuous as she kind of mm-hmm. lets on? Yeah, yeah, definitely seems like. Um, this seems to fly directly in the face of that. Yeah, but I think she also in that same episode kind of admits that, well, maybe she is um, <laughs> kind of a thing, like with a wink type okay. of situation. Yeah, my, I don't remember that part, but yeah. yeah. I thought it was odd when, you know, Blanche, you know, they comment on Rose passing out. And Blanche said that she was going to pass out, but she was afraid she would fall forward and hurt her teeth. <laughs> it's like she doesn't mention the baby that's in her stomach. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to protect that smile. Yeah. Exactly. Well, baby number two, it's Brent. Cutter, that mess in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> well, she does go on to say that it was particularly active because uh, she was looking quite stunning, <laughs> and she had just uh, had some dental work done, like her bridge work or something, <laughs> to improve her beautiful smile. Uh, overall, she doesn't. Uh, oh, hold on. Overall, she doesn't know, but seems to be at least between four different potential suitors. <laughs> uh, the reality of the situation kind of sets in. She tells the girls. You know, do you know that I'll be 65 when this kid graduates mm-hmm. high school? 
And Sophia quickly corrects her, try 70. Yeah, I immediately was doing the math. I'm like, listen, I know they're not supposed to be pre-50s in this, because uh, yeah. 65 would have put her, what, 47 now? Yeah. Or 47 at the time of the episode? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, it was nice that Sophia went ahead and corrected <laughs> her math for her. Yeah, but, like, uh, so according to that math, then she'd be 52, which is how old she was in the premiere a year ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean... I. Perhaps she had just hit 52 in that premiere. <laughs> and now she's on, the, over yet. Right, she's on the tail end of 52. So. Okay. Very possible. Or that would be the, the very beginning of 70. Yeah, exactly. Although even if that was the case, by the time the baby was there, she'd be hitting 71 when that kid was graduating. <laughs> yeah. And so Blanche tells them that uh, she's always used to love that uh, people assume that she was her children's sister instead of her mother. and th Their mother, rather. Uh, Blanche... Uh, Overcome by the, the discussion, the weight of it kind of goes back to bed. As she exits, the girls, uh, still astonished by everything going on, kind of mull over the, no the news. Sophia picks up uh, Blanche's appointment book, though, and uh, adds that if it's a boy, she can name it after his father, Rick, Joe, Bob, Donald, Dave. Yeah, I thought that, that was probably a close contender um, for my favorite line. That was a, a very close number two. So have we got to your favorite line yet, Ski? Was that it? Oh, or no, we're, still but we're, quite we're there getting yet? we're getting close. Well, okay. I know it's we'll get there. One. Yeah. Anyway, scene change. Oh. We also they had all have they had the conversation about the Spanish fly yet? No. Uh, no, I think that's coming up gotcha. here, and just because I think that's when they go back into the dealing with the minks again. Gotcha. Uh, but we do see a lot of the garage in this mm. episode. We mm -hmm. keep flashing back there. So, yeah. if they're gonna bother to build the set, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, they get the money's worth. Yeah, I mean, they probably spent. I don't know, forty percent of the episode in the garage, probably. So, but they built two new sets for this for this episode, mm -hmm. so they were really going Three. all out. Three. Yeah. So oh. we had the garage, we had the oh, and then I guess we had both the waiting room mm -hmm. and the psychiatrist's yeah. office here in a moment. So uh, Rose and Dorothy are now back in the garage with the minks. Rose is listing all the things that they've done in an attempt to get the animals to mate. Uh, running out of ideas now, Sophia suggests just leaving them alone, and that they're always in there watching them. And that it's sick. Uh, this leads to an odd explanation of Spanish fly, mm -hmm. uh, a supposed aphrodisiac. Mm -hmm. uh, this ultimately leads to uh, Dorothy yelling at Rose because she's uh, having a hard time grasping mm -hmm. uh, the description she's given her. Yeah, it was very much like a who's on first kind yeah. of. Yes, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, mean, I thought it was a pretty funny overall. I mean, goofy, but but still, mm -hmm. still funny. Yeah, definitely brought to, to light the uh, the flightiness of Rose that they they always work in. All right. Uh, Blanche again appears in the doorway now, uh, kind of similar to before. Rose asks what she found out at the doctor's office. Similar to before, she scoffs at the question and then turns around and rushes off. Again, the girls follow her. Uh, this time they run uh, behind her and she goes into the bedroom and slams the door. The girls are now standing at the door asking for the news, trying to find out what happened and uh, reassure her that the baby will be fine and it'll be like it has three mothers. And that everyone is going to help out and kind of take turns with stuff. Yeah, it'll be like he has three grandmothers and a great grandmother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be to be more honest, but yeah, but it would still. I'd say three grandmothers or can definitely equal the power of one mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, what they may lack in um, energy, perhaps yeah. uh, they they would certainly make up for in numbers. <laughs> <laughs> when one gets tired, you trade off, right? Exactly. Yeah. Tag, you're it. <laughs> I mean, you have to be a really active mom and a really, um, you know, worn out grandmother for three <laughs> of you not to make up, you know, mm -hmm. the one. So, yeah, I think they'd be all right. I think yeah. so. Given how active Blanche was in that 10-day period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perhaps she doesn't need the help. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Although she may want to continue her social life after the baby. So, <laughs> so she will need some sitters. Exactly. Uh, gentleman suitors that she's nursing and <laughs> well, we, we, be gentle. If we right. want to talk about activity at the very beginning, one, one line I left out is uh, they had said something about uh, Blanche didn't stay in her room for that long, for a long time. And uh, Dorothy said something about except for the lifeguard, I think. Mm. Yeah. And I guess she must have spent quite a bit of time at the lifeguard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he must have really, uh, I don't know, up. I don't know. We I have went, nothing we'll else. say it went swimmingly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
glad you saved that one because I just totally, I started talking with nothing to say. <laughs> just hoping, praying, fight it by the end yeah, of the sentence. Yeah, and it just wasn't coming at all. Just normally my brain can keep up, but not that time. Yeah. <laughs> but thankfully, Ski ski swept, swooped in. So. Yeah. I don't usually get to be uh, the, the hero, so. No. Oh, you're the hero most more often than not. Yeah, it was a solid pun. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have come up with it. So they continue to discuss all the ways they can help raise the child, and ultimately uh, where we'll go to college came up. Uh, Rose insists uh, the University of Minnesota, and Dorothy, uh, almost disgusted by this idea, uh, says that uh, she kind of retorts that the, the, the kid will have to go to Harvard, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big promise. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a highfalutin plan. Um, now, I thought it was odd, though, that now, granted, all of these women are going to be in their 70s when this kid's in college. <laughs> Um, but it seems like they'd want him or her to go somewhere in Florida. <laughs> or, like, or at least where, like they, Miami Dade. where he or <laughs> she know. would want to go. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, the kid's not married or born. I mean, I can understand no. Harvard or, you know, an Ivy League school if that's your goal. But if your goal is just a good quality, you Education. know, state school or whatever, it seems like you'd want to go with, like, you know, something that would be in the state of Florida and not <laughs> 2,000 miles away in Minnesota. And so uh, Rose insists in Minnesota. Dorothy says Harvard. Blanche exits the room uh, where, and out into the hall where they're talking and tells them that she found out that she's not pregnant. And, you know, obviously, that kills the uh, debate on where he or she will go to college because right. there is no he or she. And she says, my life is over. Uh, Rose quietly approaches her and then apologizes for all the negative things she thought about her previously when they thought she was pregnant using terms like, Slut and tramp. <laughs> uh, but now that you're dying, please forgive me. <laughs> Another flighty kind of response. Right. Blance cuts her off and tells her that she's not dying, but is going through menopause, which she considers to be worse. <laughs> then we have another uh, scene change. The girls now are all sitting in a psychiatrist's waiting room. <laughs> Real quick. So before we tally on mm-hmm. and everything, um, so like it was just, he was like, okay, well, we're keeping this baby, you know. Right. And there was never any discussion of <laughs> anything, other options. Yeah, well, you know, perhaps they're all, you know, against, you know, other options. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, you would think that uh, at the very least you consider adoption um, mm-hmm. would yeah. be a viable option. <laughs> exactly. You know, they're all very anti-abortion, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would think that they would at least throw out the idea yeah. of, you know, you don't have to keep this baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to put my thumb on the scale or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you think, like, at least one of them would have mentioned it. Like, you think they would have made, you know, Dorothy be pro-choice or whatever. Right, yeah, I, I would think so. Or or you would have think that they would have uh, Sophia pipe in about, you know, adoption. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that you exactly. should give that baby up or exactly. whatever. Or Rose, who was adopted. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah never, a solid point. Yeah, there's never... And it's funny, too, because they don't talk about how the father would play a role in this At baby's all. life. At all, not yeah. once, exactly. except just who is it. Right. Yeah. I don't know because I, you know, I was watching it because you know it had been you know 14 years earlier uh, that Susan Harris wrote the you know Maude gets an abortion episode, oh. and it's like apparently she forgot about that. And just <laughs> it's like yeah, I've said all I have to say about that. Well, just, you know, they had a lot of good zingers um, in this episode, so maybe they thought you know what, let's not throw any drama in. Let's just keep, keep it, it light. you know light mm-hmm. and fun for the entire thing. Exactly. Let's focus on the mink killing. Right. Because <laughs> that's what people are tuning in for. Well, you know, they're not exactly like, they have a good way of, of working in some um, adult humor um, mm-hmm. here and there. But it's not like Anthony Jeselnik or, or some comedian where they just say the most mm-hmm. horrible things and can still gotcha. make them funny. Okay. Um, so I think it would have been it would have been a tough row to hoe <laughs> if they said, we're going to put abortion in here and let's make some good dead baby jokes. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to besmirch the um, writing talents of Susan Harris, but still, yeah. <laughs> that okay. would have been a challenge. Well, okay. they go to extensive lengths not to even say sex, I noticed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know if they said mating. They mm-hmm. said breeding many times with relationship to the mink uh, mm-hmm. farm they got there. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think they say sex once, but mm-hmm. they do say, you know, mating or courting. Or I don't know if they said courting. It's something similar, though. Yeah, yeah, they definitely dance around the, the specific terms. So. Mm-hmm. So uh, back in the psychiatrist's waiting room, Blanche is upset why Mm -hmm. she has to be there at all. Dorothy explains that she's not been eating or sleeping, just staying in bed crying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blanche then says she's not sure why everyone came with her Mm -hmm. because the whole group was there. 
I did think that was odd. I mean, you'd think one person would go to give her moral support, not the entire household. Yeah. But I think well, the others would have went out to save a table for lunch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Sophia does go on and say <laughs> that she's only there for lunch afterwards. Mm-hmm. Where, what was it she saying? Wolfies. Yeah. I the, thought this. I thought I couldn't see her. I couldn't tell. She was saying wolfies or goofies or something. Yeah. The first time she said it, I didn't know. But then mm-hmm. when she repeats it, yeah, I think at a certain point she decides she's going to go ahead and leave. And then yeah. it's enunciated much more clearly gotcha. the second time around. Because we have a wolfies here in Indiana. Oh, do we really? <laughs> yeah. Up on Geist Reservoir. I never heard is of it that. a chain restaurant or is it a... I don't believe so. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> so maybe they were maybe. inspired by this episode. <laughs> that That's a good name. The last remaining... <laughs> franchise yeah. here <laughs> it'd be awesome if we went to wolfie someday and it was a completely golden girls themed restaurant <laughs> exactly. it's like you just have to know the deepest cuts though to <laughs> exactly the secret menu right they have a waitress there yeah, who's working was, 72 hours a week and in <laughs> incognito golden girls like all the all the subtle additives are golden yeah. girls added but and if you can guess that it's a golden girls theme then you get your meal for free <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, she says she's not there for support, just to, for lunch afterwards. Uh, Sophia kind of muses about a patient then just walking out of the doctor's office, calling him a serial murderer. Uh, Rose comes back with saying that uh, anyone trying to murder serial should be seen a psychiatrist. Yeah, I like that Rose gave herself a good laugh on that one. Yeah, she did. She chuckled pretty good on that one. Uh, the girls have a discussion about psychiatry, which quickly becomes uh, heated, ending mm-hmm. with Blanche kind of standing up and babbling, and Dorothy kind of almost shaking her, saying, get yourself together. Yeah, real quick. Um, so when they're going back and forth on, you know, whether or not you have to be crazy to see a psychiatrist or whatever, and Rose's line is like, psycho, it's there in their name. Yeah. You know, I was really glad to see her grief counselor mindset <laughs> right, come yeah. into play again. Well, and the, the doctor that she was dating was a psychiatrist <laughs> yeah. too, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and they I, just watched Psycho in a previous episode. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Maybe call things back. didn't end as amicably in that uh, relationship <laughs> we had originally thought. <laughs> so it's really turned her against the profession of psychiatry yeah. now. So, and as far as we know, Rose may still be waiting tables. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. I don't think they talked about that for a while. Uh, just then the doctor opens his office door and calls Blanche in. Uh, she enters and then while she, you know, she leaves. But Sophia continues to kind of check out another patient that's in the waiting room uh, sitting across from her and he's kind of murmuring almost she thinks he's talking to himself Dorothy dismisses this claiming that the man just simply has dentures that kind of mm-hmm. keep slipping down uh, dissatisfied with that explanation Sophia gets up and goes over to ask the man if he's talking to himself he tells her of course not and then explains that he's talking to his Martian friend mm-hmm. Sophia then exits <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. So, That's when she says she's going to get us hold a seat at Wolfie's or whatever. I don't think somebody who I mean that would make the guy probably I don't know schizophrenic or mm-hmm. you know like a pretty serious medical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'd be the type who would probably be waiting in a waiting room and <laughs> you know your typical. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like he'd be someone who people came to visit or so, was somewhat of a priority at least. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, although I guess he seems pretty high functioning, so. You know, if he's hearing voices and whatnot, but is able to get himself to the doctor. Trevor, office. you'll wait your turn. Yeah. You and, <laughs> you and your Martian friend. So, yeah, I looked. You know, normally, you know, most of the guest <laughs> actors and, and whatnot on this show have a big, you know, list of credits. Not that guy. Been in, I think a total of five <laughs> things total during his acting career. So it was a pretty, pretty small What about his Martian friend? Does he uh, got any credits? Well, I know that, um, you know, he played... Uh, Marvin the Martian for a long time, Ooh. but you know, then he felt like he got typecast and so he kind of <laughs> got out of the acting biz. Endures though, I mean, right? You know. Yeah. And then there's that recent Ben, uh, not Ben Affleck, um, uh, Matt Damon movie, The Martian. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe ties in there. Yeah, it could be. I don't think that there's any no. aliens in that movie, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, for well, all he didn't we, specifically say that he was an alien. Yeah, well, he just said Martian. And the Martian was uncredited, so we, <laughs> for all we know, it, it might have been Matt Damon. So <laughs> a very young, young Matt Damon, but still. Very true. And right, now we're uh, inside the doctor's office. Uh, the doctor asserts that uh, menopause, you know, he's talking to Blanche, that uh, it's simply a natural process, which means that she can no longer bear children, and that's all. Blanche sees it as a sign, though, that she's getting older and that she's no longer a woman. 
Uh, she looks back on her life and wonders how she reached this point. Uh, and they kind of go back and forth about this issue. Ultimately, the doctor gets her to admit that getting older leads to a loss of what she considers sex appeal. And that she claims that that's all she has to offer. So I guess they did say sex at some point. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure he says... Yeah, but they're not referring to the actual act of sex there. Yeah. So <laughs> just the appeal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he suggests that she try exploring other aspects of her life and personality and find out, you know, what other, what other things she has to offer to people. Mm-hmm. Which, I guess I can understand why he wouldn't be like, no, no, you're still beautiful, and, and try to encourage other avenues. But he definitely doesn't ever, like, uh, incur- or, uh, tell her, no, no, you're still beautiful. But like, like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I think that's just, to tell her it's like, Oh, it's fine. You're still beautiful. Is basically just punting on the problem. <laughs> you know, in he's two trying years to look for a better fades. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be back. <laughs> he's trying to look for a long term. Exactly. Fix, right? <laughs> but yeah, he talks about you know find other things. You know, you have a lot more to offer others, and find out what people like about you besides just your looks. Uh, Blanche then kind of starts talking about how sometimes when she looks in the mirror, she sees her mother's face and it terrifies her, and it makes her just want to stay in bed all the mm-hmm. time. And so that kind of fades out that scene. There was one line in there that I enjoyed that she said, um, I think it was like, nobody in my family has ever been to see a psychiatrist. Well, except after they were institutionalized. Yes. <laughs> Which made it sound like there was multiple members of her family that were institutionalized. <laughs> so it seems like there may be a history of mental illness that you know is unexplored in the Devereaux family tree. Oh, see, I didn't take it like that at all. Oh, how did you take it? Um, that they were faking in order to beat the hanging charges. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> now, were they trying to... Do you, do you think they're trying to every, avoid being hanged, or do you think they were doing the hanging? I think that every time they lynch somebody, they're like, oh, <laughs> nope, can't send me to jail. I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> yeah, the sad thing is, is that, uh, I don't know, at the time when her family would have been doing those things, they probably wouldn't even needed a defense. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Return of the Foley artist. Right. American boo boos. (laughs) (laughs) That may be the most racist thing you've ever said. (laughs) That was pretty bad. Slavery, systemic racism, American boo boos. It's better than saying it's a black stain on our history. Oh, well, sure, yeah. I mean, it's not, not overtly racist, but it's, it's definitely on that, that level of whitewashing history or whatever you want to call it. So. I am sorry to everyone out there. No, no offense meant. Yeah. I would believe that more if you weren't wearing blackface right now, but... <laughs> You know I'm too lazy to do that. Yeah. Don't say that they're going to pull this episode. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. I don't want to get demonetized. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to send us money back at this point. But. So, anyway, let's change scenes here. Yeah. Blanche is now sitting in the kit- at a kit- at the- Blanche is sitting at the kitchen table, and then the other girls are entering from the garage. Uh, Rose is talking about how she hopes the veterinarian can get the minks, quote, in the mood. Uh, Dorothy seeing Blanche out of her room is kind of encouraged by this. Uh, Blanche quickly shoots down her enthusiasm, though, saying that she's only up and moving because she had been eating in bed and doesn't want to get as big as a hippo. Uh, she reluctantly says that uh, life in whatever form must go on. She says something along the lines also of like, you know, even if it's not worth it or something. Uh, Dorothy tries to point out that some of the positive aspects of menopause and then Sophia enters, or pipes up and says, hey, you just grow a beard, <laughs> which was my favorite line for some reason. <laughs> I just laughed real hard when she said this because of how she delivered it. And then she kind of gives an example from her own life. Uh, this clearly did not help Blanche feel any better. Uh, Rose you know, says that when it happened to her, she never grew a beard. Uh, but Sophia adds, you never grew brains either. <laughs> and again, Rose kind of just laughs off this insult. That one was a little harsher than most of the yes. other insults because it was very direct. Like <laughs> most of the insults are, you know, you kind of feel like it maybe goes a little above Rose's head, but that mm-hmm. one was pretty, a uh, pretty direct shot at Pretty her. overt, yeah. Yeah. But she just laughs off the insult, <laughs> and uh, at the time she's bringing a looks like a chocolate cake to the table for the girls to eat. 
it is mean in its specificity. Yeah. It's one of those things. Like, it's basically saying you're stupid. Yeah, yeah. You got no beard. You got no brains. Yeah. I guess the way it was phrased, it'd be like, one thing's like, you know, you're dumb. You know, well, that's hurtful. But it's like, you have an IQ of 85. <laughs> that's just mean. It's even meaner if you're not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I think 100 is average. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but I think 70 is when you get to where you're uh, yeah. like mentally impaired. Yeah, know? exactly. So 85, that's just yeah, that's you're just halfway dumb. there. <laughs> Do you guys have to remember what Forrest Gump's IQ was? No, I don't. Was he like 88 or something? Or no, I think he was pretty low. I don't um, remember what it was specifically, but mm-hmm. I remember it was like four little points. Something can't must be done or something. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was right on the borderline <laughs> of being able to go to the normal kid school. Gotcha. I think it was. I think the line was actually. Uh, four little points. Surely something or can be something. Dun, dun, I don't know. I'm messing it up. Sorry. Then <laughs> yeah. mom takes one for the team. That's mm-hmm. right. She does. Your uh, your mama sure cares about your education, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so yeah, she tells her that you know she's gonna get a beard if she uh, goes through the change. And uh, Rose says she didn't ever get, but she brings cake to the table while she has no brains. Uh, <laughs> Dorothy discusses how much she loved not having to deal with things like cramps or PMS uh, once a month and how she never associated uh, the change with her sexuality, which is probably what helped her deal with a lot of this. Uh, the girls talk about how lucky men are not to have to deal with periods at all and then uh, not having periods after they have menopause. Right. Uh, Rose says that she was surprised when uh, she first had her period because her mother never told her about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blanche tells the girls that she always heard about Quote, the curse. Mm-hmm. Now we bring in the, uh, the name title. Finally bringing it full circle from the beginning. Yep. Uh, while growing up and was terrified about it happening to her. And it, in fact, she slept with the lights on for her entire 13th year, like mm-hmm. when she was 13. Uh, eventually, you know, her mother, being concerned, brought her to the doctor as she still didn't have the curse at 15. Mm-hmm. And then she explained to the doctor, you know, that she'd had her period for nearly two years, but uh, just you know, not the supposed curse that mm-hmm. no one had ever told her that that's what that meant. Yeah. Well, yeah, she mentions that, you know, for, you know, at least the last several years, two or three years, she'd been looking behind every wisteria for a witch. Right. You know, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, I'm not a horticulturist, um, so I had to look that one up. So for anybody else who isn't sure, a wisteria is a climbing shrub of the pea family with hanging clusters of pale bluish lilac flowers native to north america and eastern asia ornamental varieties are widely grown on walls and pergolas i am glad you told me that because i thought the wisteria was a tree yeah that's what i well i figured that too the only time i'd ever heard the word wisteria is uh sherry's yeah exactly she used to watch (laughs) uh, well i I won't just say she we used to watch desperate housewives not desperate house is that what it was desperate housewives yeah that's right desperate housewives um and that's where they lived was on wisteria lane Gotcha. So gotcha. Apparently, they had a lot of pergolas there on Wisteria Lane. So. <laughs> well, you know, no one had ever explained to Blanche that, quote unquote, the curse was getting your period, but, uh, you know, obviously she was scared of it all the same. Uh, Sophia and Rose then add that their experiences, you know, getting their first period were rather bland. Rose does talk about having uh, a few hot flashes. Uh, oh, sorry. Sophia and Rose had their experience about menopause. Yeah, menopause. Like, they had a hot I'm, flash for their first period. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going backwards. Uh, Rose does talk about having hot flashes, but says, you know, I live in Florida. Who can tell the difference between a hot flash and a weather front? Especially uh, in those sweaters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That was another line I liked a lot. Uh, Sophia then Say what? Mine? Both. Okay. I can like both. <laughs> I like Rose, but yours is a great follow-up. It's a very solid point, in fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, they wear a lot of clothes for people who live in a very hot area of the world. Yeah, I think that on some of Brent's uh, recaps, um, mm-hmm. on one of, one of the two that he's done at least, he definitely goes in-depth about. <laughs> the wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, yeah this has been a cold set that they were on because there's not a short sleeve to be found in yeah. many episodes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then half of, like, Dorothy's uh, outfits look like she's wearing tunics. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Some kind of... Uh, it always reminds me of uh, the outfit uh, you wear when you're a art teacher for grade school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's a you know Dorothy or or B. Arthur was in probably one of the most famous Star Wars things, the Star Wars Holiday Special, 
And um, I've still never seen that. Yeah, I, I have not seen it, but I've seen a picture of her in her outfit, and it mm-hmm. looks very similar to a lot of the <laughs> outfits she wears on Golden Girls. <laughs> so I've not watched a lot of Bond. Did does she wear a lot of the same outfit type? No, Maude was more pants. I think yeah. like pants and shirts like that. Not I don't remember there being a lot of long flowy things. She gotcha. was more like turtlenecks and stuff. Yeah. yeah. We talk about, you know, being in Florida, hot flashes, sweaters, <laughs> etc. And Sophia tells a, a kind of anecdotal story about uh, her cousin from Sicily that didn't have her period for, I think, 20 years, she mm-hmm. said. Yeah. And then all of a sudden got pregnant at 72. Dorothy immediately calls her out on the sly. And then uh, I think she even says something like, so what? And it cheered her up, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about Blanche. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the, the vet... Dr. Parks, I believe his name is, uh, enters the kitchen after having examined the minks. Uh, she immediately turns, oh, Blanche immediately turns on the flirting when she sees, I, I, I guess he was a handsome man to her. Solid jawline, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tight pants. Uh, <laughs> is that what you look for in a man ski? It is not. So what? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to answer that, right? <laughs> well, no, I mean... <laughs> There are plenty of woke ways you could have answered at ski, but you failed the test once again. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, sir. Oh, you know, woke I mean, AF. What do I look for in a man? Well, I look for a man with a good sense of humor. Um, I don't uh, necessarily mind the, the jawline, you know, whether it's solid or not. <laughs> e- either way is fine you by me. You look for a good weak jawline? <laughs> 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 what does that mean exactly? A weak jawline? Just jaw like line? a very doughy jaw? Well, like, I think it's like... I believe it's like if you have like kind of a wide set jaw, like that's a big some like solid jowls. Jaw. Yeah, like, but I think if you're like I don't know, have a narrow chin or something like that, then you're a weak jawed person. <laughs> so, I'm but sure I'm, I'm sure we could ask some boxers and they'd let us know. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm fine with uh, uh, if I'm looking for a man, I'm fine with either you know the whole spectrum <laughs> of jaws. <laughs> so, uh, I don't even know where I was at now. You're going to ask me what I look for in a man. (laughs) Fire away. Indeed. I just look for somebody of Cuban descent who can make enchiladas. Uh, That's a a good way to go. Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, Brent's been looking for 26 episodes. Kimonos? (laughs) You down with that? (laughs) Yeah, I think Coco wore kimono. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, she's, you know, Blanche starts flirting with the the vet, and uh, he's telling the girls that... uh, he explains to him that the uh, minks are too old to mate, so that's why you know, no uh, hanky panky, and that they're at this point in their life they're no longer interested in breeding. Uh, Blanche, you now cranking up the heat an extra notch, confirms with the good doctor that such a concept does not apply to humans. Uh, he tells her that it doesn't, and uh, then she asks him to check out this lizard that uh, has been sitting on the lanai, looking awful peaked. Uh, she guides him out in the kitchen, nearly groping over him. Uh, Dorothy is then sarcastically astonished at her newfound resilience. Looks like she's back into the swing of things yeah. mm-hmm. quite quickly. And then we have a uh, our last scene change. Rose and Dorothy again are in the garage with the minks. Uh, Rose is now upset that they were sold these minks that were too old for breeding and asks, you know, who can you trust? Sophia tells her, no one. I learned that in Sil- Sicily. Works fine in Miami, too. <laughs> I thought that was a very good line. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy tallies up their losses in uh, purchasing the minks, saying that they lost $678 in this uh, venture. Yeah, this whole venture um, was an odd one <laughs> to get into. I mean, <laughs> it's just an odd thing. Now, granted, you know, Rose does have some farming experience, so she has some <laughs> experience with the animals. We've never been given any indication that any of the other uh, <laughs> girls has specific cult, you know, specific breeding yeah um, well they don't really they don't really give you backstory on how this idea came to be yeah no it's just like they had one idea you know someone had a flight of fancy <laughs> to start breeding minks um, i just can't imagine there's a big market for mink coats in miami yeah it seems like that it would be one of the last places that, <laughs> yeah. although i mean there are a lot of high society types you know in some of the ritzier neighborhoods but but do you need your mink coat to be fresh? Yeah. <laughs> fresh, fresh off the bone. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, well, that was odd. And then uh, it, it also reminded me of a, a story that Brent had told me about um, a prior wife who had a flight <laughs> of fancy on a on a business venture that yeah. she went into. Yeah. Um, 
to sell uh, what was it chia pets right yeah, yeah. online yeah <laughs> online chia pets uh, had not heard the story maybe yeah later. i mean it's yeah. there's not a whole lot to it other than yeah. you know it's a crazy idea to begin with or or <laughs> surprising and then brent was super supportive of it um <laughs> I, I believe that, i believe what was it that she showed you the uh I don't know, the, the paperwork, mm-hmm. and you took the time to circle all of the grammatical and yeah. spelling errors on the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud. Yeah, that totally would be a ski thing to do yeah. also. If um, <laughs> Now, at the, the end of the day, though, ski would definitely still give in to the idea. Mm-hmm. but um, Because I let my wife do whatever she wants pretty oh, much. Yeah, yeah, I guess more or less. Um, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but she hears this. You know I'm right, wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, happy wife, short life. Uh, <laughs> um so yeah uh, so they uh, lost 678 dollars going on this rose asks well what did we make and then dorothy says what did we make <laughs> a big mistake rose <laughs> where would where would rose get the idea they made anything yeah like, especially I, after she just told them they lost money <laughs> Well, and she's been part of this whole process. Yeah, she's they, known they've had they nothing didn't to mate. sell. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know she thought maybe they're selling the minks back or something, but now in fairness, this is an exotic pet that I feel like they must have got a relatively good price on because they had four minks for five hundred, you know, probably maybe five hundred dollars, five to six, because mm-hmm. they lost six seventy eight. They had to pay the vet. Mm-hmm. They paid for the cages or whatever that kind of stuff. So they probably got the minks for somewhere between five and six hundred bucks. Well, and then food besides, because well, oh yeah. so I mean, they immediately may have after for, they talk about the the cost of keeping them up. Right. So we'll call it five hundred bucks. They probably paid for these minks that, as far as I know of, are never seen from again in the show, but apparently become <laughs> family garage pets. Yeah. Um, so really, I don't feel like they got too bad of a deal, even for old and busted minks, just not for a <laughs> business venture. <laughs> so Blanche enters the garage, uh, dressed up rather nicely, and she had just gotten back from a date with the vet. She admits that uh, she had a great time and is feeling better uh, from her depression. Uh, Dorothy tells her that she just needed to feel attractive again. Uh, she then makes an unBlanche-like, in my opinion, turnabout, and tells the girls, you know, that she's feeling better. You know, partly because of the, the, the vet, but mostly because uh, all of them were so kind and, and caring for her. She thanks all of them for being so caring and supportive. Uh, Blanche notices that the minks are still there, and uh, I think she even calls them rats, doesn't she? Yeah, something like that. Dorothy tells them that, uh, no, 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 they'll be gone by tomorrow. Rose then, you know, tells Dorothy, oh, no, they won't, that she canceled the pickup. And that she just can't part with them now. You know, they're, they're part of the family, like you said. Dorothy reminds her of her huge cost in food and care, insisting that they need to go. I think that she said they eat their own weight in food daily or every two days or something. Yeah, which I don't know if that's accurate. I guess I should have looked that up to see um, or if she's just kind of exaggerating. But, boy, that'd be – to me, I yeah, there'd be the issue of the expense of the food. Mm-hmm. But it'd have the, to be extremely active. Well, it would also <laughs> have to be shitting nonstop, too. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. And so that would be a lot of cleaning. You know, and they like were cleaning. stacked on top of each other. Well, they did So they'd have, just be like pooping on one another. <laughs> I, I would assume the cages, each level had a, a solid like a, bottom to it. I would it. hope so. Uh, but still, it's four cages to change or you know, however <laughs> many cages that they were actually confined in because it appeared they maybe they had extra cages with the idea that as they bred them, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, there would be more you know, more cages than necessary, but, um, well then Rose pulls her Trump card, you mm-hmm. know, and says that if they're, what she asked, like, are they no good now that they're too old to breed? <laughs> and then there's looking right over her shoulder. Uh, Blanche gives Dorothy this look stating that she agrees with Rose's viewpoint, <laughs> obviously tying directly into her own situation. <laughs> and then she also says the minks stay. <laughs> Dorothy realizing the irony, uh, agrees with the girls. And uh, as they are all going to exit the garage to go get some food, Rose notices that two of them are uh, getting it on. Uh, Dorothy looks on behind them as they are kind of inspecting the uh, event and agrees that they are definitely doing something, but not to get too excited uh, because the two that were going at it were both males. And upon hearing this, the one mink said, that was no lady? That was a good, I'm glad you saved that right to the end. Well, yeah, it's great that you brought it all back to that, too, at the end, yeah. too, because I was thinking your your take on it was more, 
that was no lady and that, uh, you know, Blanche wasn't <laughs> a lady since she was <laughs> such a woman about town. But, uh, but no, that was an excellent way to sum it up there at the end. There was a couple little things that we uh, glazed by that I wanted to mention. One is that Rose at one point in the episode mentions that she had a BMW. Yes. And if Charlie was Ta- such a <laughs> crummy insurance agent. Confusing it with a PMS, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which uh, That was a dumb joke, but the BMW part was, you know, conflicting yeah. with Charlie's poor, yeah. <laughs> poor skills. Um, unless he was a guy who, you know, maybe they just lived right up to their means. And mm-hmm. so. Could have been a used BMW. Yeah, yeah up to the cheap. Um, we know she doesn't have great. Uh, Choice in cars anyway, because she was going to buy Blanche's, right? Right, that's And it was true. a beater. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be the only only BMW in St. Olaf. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they have their own dealership. Right. It, it may not even stand for what we think. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it could be like a, some sort of a, a way, like some sort of a horse-drawn <laughs> apparatus. <laughs> it's, it's BMW, Betty Marie White. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Is that her middle name by chance? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I'm really hoping it is now. Yeah, that'd be awesome if it was. But, um, but another thing too that I noticed in that, uh, you know, that we'd kind of skipped over was that um, Dorothy at one point says her and Sophia are going back and forth about the 72 year old woman, mm-hmm. and she says, you know, like no 72 year old woman has ever had a baby, mm-hmm. um, which you know, one year ago or less than a year ago, I think in September of last year. There was a 74-year-old woman in India who had a, a set of twins. Mm. Now, granted, she could have said natural birth. Um, mm-hmm. And at the time in 86, no woman had had one. So is Brent, I'm seeing a look on Ski's face that's superseding this. Um, you finish. I'll, I'll add this later. No, go for, go for it. Her whole name is Betty Marion White. Oh, Luton. so close. So close. Um, but still... So, so she did have a, she was a BM, BMW. That's, that's fantastic. I'm overjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that was the only thing that I had a good episode overall. You know, we mentioned the one guest star who, you know, basically didn't have much of a career. Um, <laughs> otherwise, actually two of the three guest stars weren't particularly big because uh, Dr. Parks, the vet. He was, was the only one of note anyway, as far as. Yeah, like speaking in roles. Well, the other, the psychiatrist had a pretty good speaking. Oh, yeah, that's what I was um, talking about. Sorry. But yeah, Dr. Parks, he was the vet. He was the vet, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm confusing him. Vince Cannon, he only had 20 credits, relatively short mm-hmm. Hollywood career. Mm-hmm. Um, then, like, Vince Cannon, though. You think he would Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's a perfect <laughs> Hollywood name. Yeah. So, yeah, one of my best friends, uh, <laughs> our best friends is Lance Power, and I thought always mm-hmm. thought he should have gone into right? um, gone into the public eye just because it was such mm-hmm. a good name. Uh, but then uh, the other the other guest star, definitely the the main guest star of the episode, Doctor uh, Berensfeld, was played by Philip Sterling, who does come back again mm-hmm. a few seasons from now as a different doctor, mm-hmm. and he has plenty of credits. I think 119 to his name. Uh, 28 episodes on a show called The Doctors, where he was a doctor, of course, and then 12 episodes on St. Elsewhere, where he was also a doctor. So apparently man, this man this just has... just typecast all yeah, over I the place. Yeah, I guess so. You just look at that guy and you think he seems like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so Ski, who is your... Um, I think we discussed favorite lines already. Who, who is your MVP for this episode? As much as I like the fact that uh, Blanche came, you know, full circle and then at the end uh, she really did uh, kind of give a heartfelt, you know, thanks to the girls for sticking by her. I think Sophia, for all the zingers, is my favorite for this episode. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, I, Blanche would have been a close second. And if you, you know, obviously she had probably the most lines and it was a Blanche-centric episode. But Sophia was just on fire this one. So, yeah, I had to go with her also. How about you, Brent? I'm going to go with the gay mink. The gay mink? Yeah. <laughs> now, which, which one was the gay mink? Fluffy, Muffy, Buffy, or Joanne? I'm going to go with Buffy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just because, you know, keeping Coco's tradition alive of having a homosexual character in the first episode. Oh, well, you know. Never to be seen from again. <laughs> so, so that is an odd trend. <laughs> They say, okay, we'll, th- we'll throw one up for pride, but only once. Well, it'd be great if the and first right the episode beginning. of every season <laughs> has a gay <laughs> character. Never seen from again. I mean, that part wouldn't be great, but at least yeah. if they had a gay character exactly. in the premiere of each season. So, yeah. Um, so, out of those four names, though, who do you think were the two boys? So, obviously, Joanne would have been a girl, I yeah. would assume. So, Fluffy, Muffy, and Buffy. I mean, I think Muffy's also the girl, okay. and then Fluffy and Buffy. 
okay. the boys. Well, fair enough. So Fluffy and Buffy were goating on it. Mm-hmm. Now, are well, you only like attributing like... one as being the gay one? Like the other one was a victim of rape? That's <laughs> 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 happens in prison. But it does make you wonder. It's like, well, why did they put the two men in the same cage anyways to begin with? Well, maybe they were all four just there, you know, in hopes of like, you know, mm. getting the juices flowing. Make <laughs> <So they laughs> <laughs> orgy. Right, exactly. Well, you know, that would get their job accomplished or their goal accomplished, I should say. Mm-hmm. Twice so. as fast. Right. So, all right. So... Two Sophias and a mink. Um, <laughs> and ski, how many uh, how many slices of cheesecake did this one earn uh, for you? I really like this. I only give it a six. Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode too. I mean, as far as just the comedy side of it, it was it was you know gold. Uh, I would give it a, a six and a half actually. Really? Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I don't know. Oh, okay. Apparently, you're not as big of a fan. No, I'd plan on just giving it the one. A one star? You hated it? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like the whole mink breeding thing. It just really turned <laughs> me off to the whole. Wow. So whole just, it just started you off uh, bad yeah. and stayed that way? Well, yeah. I, it's scientific. So, I mean, you know. I, I can go. For, I'll go up to a two. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere. Okay. But uh, <laughs> So do you want to settle on a one or a two, Brent? Um, no, I'm going to go and stick with the one, I think. Okay. All right. Well, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll stick with my six and a half, um, but I'll have to give it some serious thought now going forward. Since uh-huh. this one won't be in contention yeah. for the greatest episode ever, at least I don't have to really revisit it down the road. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, maybe maybe I'm not as well because I thought, Brent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I could give an episode. That, yeah. um, Are you yeah. saying you didn't like it specifically because of the mink breeding? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that perhaps I should have looked at it in a more critical <laughs> eye because of that. Um it was pretty rough. I yeah. thought that too, but mm-hmm. overall, I thought the uh, the lines and stuff were really good. Yeah. So I guess uh, Brent is the most woke at the table today. So <laughs> with that, uh, stay golden, Coco. Ooh, I like the new ending. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.